Welcome to this week's episode of Tactics and Tapas. I'm your host, Lucas Garten, and this is your La Liga roundup for match day 22 in La Liga. And what a big weekend it was. Saw some big results go down in Barcelona with them falling to Villarreal and the catastrophe that happened after game and all the fallout that from that, from that we'll get into, as well as the comeback kings in Real Madrid coming back from a goal down against Las Palmas in La Gran Canaria. We'll get into that and much more in this week's episode. Well, I teased it there for just a little bit, but I'm sure all of those t- tuning in will want to know my thoughts about Barcelona's defeat uh, against Villarreal 3-5 at home in the Olympic Stadium in Barcelona. Barcelona go down 2-0 shortly after halftime, come back to beat winning 3-2 and then give up two more goals before the end of the, end of the match, lose 5-3. And that's the fourth game in the last 12 that they've given up more than four goals. So their defense has been absolutely shambolic, to say the least. Um, the fallout from this game has Xavi announcing that he will no longer be the Barcelona manager after June 30th, which is when the season completely comes to a full stop and we'd move into the next season for La Liga. And it seems like this is a last-ditch effort for uh, Chavi to get some type of motivation to his players so that they play better than they are. Right now, they're barely holding on to a Champions League spot. In the last three weeks, they have pretty much lost... Three of their four trophies they're able to go for each season. Um, La Liga, to me, was already lost, but they lose in the Supercopa in embarrassing fashion against Real Madrid 4-1, and then lose just last week against Athletic Club uh, in extra time in San Mames in just the quarterfinals of the uh, competition. And then it seems that La Liga is far and away gone with them being 11 points back of league leaders, Girona and Real Madrid being 10 points ahead of them with them uh, still having a game to play. The only trophy that Barcelona could still win this year is the Champions League. They are in the round of 16 uh, drawn against Napoli when those games will be played here in the next couple coming weeks. And if you ask me now, their chances against Napoli are very dire. Like that, uh, Napoli hasn't had the best seasons in Italy, um, but still, like it's the Champions League. Napoli just won Serie A last year and look way better than what Barca do right now. Getting back to the match, shortly after the match uh, was over, Laporta had a meeting with board members, and in the meeting, it said that uh, Laporta still strongly backed. Uh, Chavi, um, but during that meeting, it, it came to his attention that uh, Chavi wanted out. Uh, Chavi had already made his decision after his loss uh, in the Supercopa against Real Madrid, uh, citing the reasons that he just didn't uh, feel backed by the board. There had been quite a a lot of turnover since uh, Chavi had taken over. Um, the backing from Barca weren't necessarily there financially, and I'll do credit, that is partly due to uh, 
Xavi and the uh, transfers that he had, uh, not from last summer, but the summer before, where he spent money on Ferran Torres, Landowski, Andre Christensen, Jules Kunde, and if you ask me, Lewandowski obviously I think hit just because of how well he played last year, and I think he's the reason that you mainly won uh, in La Liga. Kunde has made troubles known within that he doesn't like being played in the right back spot and wants to play more centrally in the defensive line. And that's forced Chavi to play Rojo out on the right side uh, in right back position and a position that I think uh, Kunde is definitely better out on the right and with Araujo is definitely better centrally. And both of those players uh, have played not very well uh, for some of the season, if not most of the season. Kunde definitely has not uh, played very well at all. I remember in... The game, the game against uh, Alaves, where they score, or where Alaves scored early against Barcelona, is uh, Kunde just got absolutely bullied by uh, Samu in the game. Some stats for Xavi's tenure with Barcelona: uh, only one point nine point points per game. That's worse than Ronald Koeman and Kiki Setien, who were the two previous managers before him. Um, and a 61.5% win percentage that's only better than Ronald Koeman. I think Xavi will be remembered for uh, for bringing a team back uh, from mid-table, lower end of the league when uh, he took over for Koeman um, into the Champions League spots. He won the league last year with one of the best defenses despite not having the most prolific offense. But... At the time, even uh, Chavi's been reported to say, and uh, you can that the toxicity around the club is just a little bit too much for him. It, it weighs down on him. Uh, he hasn't been able to motivate his players um, this year. He said that himself, uh, according to reports within the club. Um, the toxicity of the Barcelona media about always scrutinizing him, wanting him. Uh, some people calling for his job, wanting him out as early as the El Clasico result. Um, even the board not really having his back has definitely weighed on him, he says, uh, to those ones close around him. Despite all this, though, his he still has some backing of the the locker room. Uh, it is reported that Sergio Roberto, after Chavi's speech telling all the players that he was going to leave, um, stood up and said, hey, if you change your mind by the end of the season, uh, I will still support you, and I think you should would be a manager going into next year. Um, and then as other players as, uh, on social media posted, Gavi and Pedri both uh, posted supporting uh, Chavi, saying uh, we won't, uh, we're always behind you, boss. Moving forward, though, uh, obviously Chavi will be there until the end of the season. Unless Barcelona still decides to fire him, which I think with Laporta being the president, it'll be really, really hard for uh, him to make the decision to fire Xavi. He's doing uh, Xavi a favor by saving him some face here, I believe. Um, managers that could be seen next uh, at Barcelona. I mean, I think if you ask Barca fans right now, they're going to say Jurgen Klopp uh, after he announced his retirement for Liverpool. 
he was in the running for uh, Barcelona manager not that long ago in 2020. But the Barcelona board wanted someone who knows Spanish and Jurgen Klopp doesn't. I don't think, uh, especially if you watch the video of him retiring that was put up by Liverpool, um, he's going to be back into coaching right after he'd already uh, retired from Liverpool anyway. The Catalan media, uh, after the Drona game, were asking Michel uh, if he would be interested in taking the uh, Barcelona manager position. Uh, he quickly shot them down, saying he's focused on this season and that Barca is chavving uh, uh, his responsibility at this moment. Uh, Roberto De Zerbi also, I would say, would have interest in the job. Um, Arteta also had some links, but he quickly shot them down today, saying uh, those are fake links and that no one's been in contact and he doesn't want to leave Arsenal at the moment. If it was up to me... Um, and you could go sign anyone. I think, obviously, first of all, you go Jurgen Klopp, and if not him, then Michel. Um, the thing that's hindering all of these uh, discussions, at least, is well, obviously, the season that's being played right now. All these uh, coaches or managers have teams right now that they're uh, in uh, coaching right now. But also, the uh, financial situation at Barcelona, um, the manager contract is tied to that as well. So. They have to be under a certain number, uh, according to La Liga, to register players, and that includes the manager as well uh, in that number. And it's going to be hard to get somebody from a Premier League side or someone that's going to expect a lot of money uh, to come coach the team. Moving on to Barcelona's arch-rivals, Real Madrid, come back for the 10th time um, this year to win 2-1 uh, in La Granaria against Las Palmas. Uh, Tukameni scoring the winner after he was criticized heavily for his performance in the Copa del Rey versus Atletico Madrid where uh, Real Madrid seemed to be completely outclassed by Atletico Madrid. But Bellingham was out for this game as well, so it was kind of a different uh Looking Real Madrid side, uh, they put Brahim Diaz as that uh, false nine role uh, where uh, Bellingham normally plays. He wasn't so great at it. I think it's one of those like special positions that um, Bellingham's like attributes make him very good at it. And I don't think anyone else in the uh, Madrid squad really that doesn't really transfer over to any other player, unfortunately. But Vinny scores as well, um, giving making him third highest score for Real Madrid behind Rodrigo and Bellingham, despite being out for almost for almost half the season and uh, playing about 800 less minutes than both of those players, uh, or both players that are in front of him, Rodrigo and Bellingham. With this result and how uh, Girona has dropped points Despite Girona dropping points, uh, I would say that Real Madrid definitely head-on favorites to win La Liga this year. Now uh, it's between them and Girona, and they play in the in the next couple weeks anyway. And I, other than uh, maybe this weekend when Real Madrid take on Atletico Madrid, um, 
other than that, I don't see there be another opportunity for Real Madrid to drop points. Um, surely La Liga will be theirs. They have 17 uh, games left to play. They're right now one point behind Girona, but Girona has a game, uh, one more game played than they have because of the uh, Supercopa where uh, Real Madrid had to go to Saudi Arabia to play that game. But despite all this and how good Real Madrid has looked on the pitch, it's off the pitch or things that uh, that is really catching up to Real Madrid right now. It seems like uh, the new thing on social media is seeing is VAR Madrid instead of Real Madrid, um, where it seems that there's been a couple of times that Real Madrid have gotten away with uh, certain situations that they shouldn't have. Last week it was the... Vinny goal that surely was a handball, like in my opinion was a handball, and every view that I saw was a handball, but was still counted as a goal. Also, after uh, the game against Las Palmas, uh, it was leaked um, some pictures about Nacho Fernandez speaking with uh, the referee Cesar Soto Grado, um, where they're talking about a yellow card that was given to Rodrigo, and the referee says... Oh no! Clearly, it was a push, and that Nacho, uh, that Rodrigo should have gotten a red card for it. This is the second incident in a matter of a couple weeks where uh, leaks from games uh, have come out where the referee is speaking with uh, players about or the VAR system about certain decisions being made, and uh, Real Madrid seems to keep catching themselves in the middle of it. Um, also, while the Nagria. Uh, situation continues for uh, Barcelona. I think a lot of this is just a bitter back and forth between Real Madrid and Barcelona as they're uh, really big rivals and obviously one's doing really well well right now while the other one isn't. But also clearly the Spanish uh, FA has something that they need to clear up They've come out and said that they're not really happy with the leaks from the VAR officials and how the audio is being leaked um, to the media. But there's clearly been a double standard uh, in games, and the, it needs to be addressed with all uh, referees in Spain. Otherwise, it will continue to uh, affect games and making people think that it's rigged for one team or the other. Moving on to the other title challenger in Girona. They win 1-0 away at Celta Vigo. Uh, Celta Vigo squad that has been a little bit better as of late. Uh, They find themselves out of the relegation zone, but still fighting uh, relegation just a couple points uh, below the drop or above the drop. Stuani scores uh, for Girona in the 18th minute. Gazaniga has a game that will be remembered for a while for uh, Girona fans and and if they go on to win the league, will be remembered for his performance in this game and being able to keep them in the game and keeping the game uh, ahead for uh, Girona in a result that they would uh, prefer. Um, there was multiple chances by Celta Vigo that could have easily gone in um, in the first half, especially and so much not so much in the second half where Girona take took more control of the game and their quality began to. Uh, shine through uh, more and more. It was a bounce-back win for Drona as they lost uh, earlier in the week against uh, Mallorca in the Copa del Rey 3-2. Um, 
with all the goals and all the chances that Girona have been giving up, it's clear to me that the style of football that they play is going to be uh, the reason that they give up goals. And I think, the like obviously they play a very beautiful style, and they and I think they would continue to want to play something uh, that looks sort of like this. But I fear for them and how many chances they give up a game, um, and that being affecting how they are able to, uh, or if they are able to uh, challenge for the title later on this year. Like we saw it in games against Real Madrid, where better quality opponents. Uh, were easily able to capitalize on so many chances, and when they played, it was a an absolute rout by Real Madrid. And even against a Barca, where it was five three or four three, Girona still had given up many many chances uh, to Barcelona. And even though they've been struggling in this year, um, their quality is still good enough to uh, push Girona to the edge of defeat. Anyway. Michel, after the game for Girona, is questioned about the Barcelona job um, that had come out in the media just the night before that Xavi would be stepping down. Um, he definitely shut those answers down quickly. You know, it seemed angered by uh, the uh, question that if he would join Barcelona or not. Um, and fair play to him, I'd be definitely angered at that question as well as Girona would seize uh, Barcelona as not quite much a, a rival, well, a rival, but not like a big rival. Uh, definitely the other Catalonian club that rivals them anyway. Um, Girona's definitely been in the shadow of Barcelona, and I definitely could see how he would be angered by uh, such questions, especially shortly after somebody had uh, announced that he would be retiring. Moving on to the other big game on Sunday, Atletico Madrid versus Valencia. Two of the top four side, most popular popular sides in uh, Spain. At least Atletico Madrid would want to believe that they're a top four club anyway. Um, for popular popularity-wise anyway. Uh, especially with the 60,000-seater stadium that they try to fill um, every uh, match day. And I think... Atletico Madrid definitely dominated this game from beginning to end. The only reason that Valencia had uh, any chance in the game was because Marmadashvili was able to save quite a few shots. Uh, Sebastian Lino scores uh, shortly before halftime um, to put Atletico Madrid up, uh, scoring against a club that he used to play for last year. He was loaned out to Valencia and played in a very uh, similar similar role. Um and then Memphis Depay uh, scores right on the other side of halftime to pretty much put the game away. It's now been over a year since Atletico Madrid have lost at home uh, back in last year when uh, Simeone had that pressure on him was the last time uh, they lost when it seemed like he was about to be fired from the club. But it's now been over a year since they've lost. Unfortunately for them, they don't get to play every game at home in a 60000 uh, seat stadium. Um, they now are third uh, in the La Liga, tied with Barcelona on points, but uh, still has a game in hand on Barcelona as well. And just based off of the play that uh, Barcelona has been playing as of late, uh, Atletico Madrid seems to 
have locked up third place um and may and i would say maybe second but it's still nine points difference in girona i don't think would uh give up such a large lead um fortunately for atletico though they did win in the copa del rey against real madrid and barcelona got kicked out in the same round so uh other than athletic club who are the other big team uh still left um i think the atletico madrid could say that the copa del rey will be theirs and they'll uh, get uh a trophy to add this year and moving on from one big club to another uh, Sevilla draw 1-1 against Osasuna. Uh, this one at the Sanchez-Pizuan. Isaac Romero uh, has suddenly burst on the scene for Sevilla. Brought up from the B-side that play in the uh, fourth tier, third tier of uh, Spanish football. He scored two goals in his three matches that he's played in the league. Plus... He scored two more in the Copa del Rey for the two games that he's played there. Um, surely the burst of young talent that needs to come through Sevilla. Um, unfortunately for them, their defense still definitely struggles. They give up a goal shortly after halftime to Ante Budimir from a corner that Sevilla managed to mark literally nobody. Uh, Ocampos gets the ball uh, open on the back post, heads it down um and then booty mayor finds herself on the end of it smashes in the back of the net uh later on in the game sevilla goes down to 10 men and isn't able to secure the three points that they desperately need uh still find themselves low on the table 16th only one point ahead of cadiz who's in 18th um still tied on points with south of vigo I think they've got enough talent in their squad that they won't be uh, relegated, but definitely not a spot that Sevilla wanted to see themselves in. And it's been like this for, it seems like, uh, well, they've been in this like cycle now, at least for like the last three years anyway, it seems like. Um, they want to be a big club. They're making renovations to the stadium for the Euros mainly, but also to bring more fans in. Um, and make the the atmosphere a little bit different at the Sanchez Piz One, um, and just a, a team like this cannot be in 16th if that's what they want to be. Uh, being a big club in uh, Spain, Sevilla also say goodbye to Ivan Rakitic during this game. Uh, he was in the crowd. It was announced that he will be going to Saudi Arabia to play for Al Shabab. Uh, the 35 year old obviously has done quite a bit in the Liga being uh, part of the midfield for Barcelona when they won the Champions League and then also just went in the, uh, the Europa League last year with Sevilla and has definitely been a talisman for La Liga and how well uh, he's played as of uh, throughout his career. Now for the rest of the weekend, to start the weekend, Almeria lose yet again, to uh, this time to Alaves 3-0. Samu stars in this game, getting two goals and then also drawing a penalty uh, as well. Lau Real versus Rayo finishes nil-nil in what was an absolute bore to watch. Um, Rayo haven't scored in six of their last seven games. The one game that they did score in was against a 10-9 that eventually became 9-men uh, Getafe. 
Uh, Lauriel also finds themselves on the hard, uh, not able to score list. Uh, haven't scored more than one goal in the league in almost two months now. Uh, unfortunately for Lauriel, it seems like they're almost uh, giving up on their European spots. Still find themselves in sixth place, but with Real Betis uh, chomping at the bit right behind them. Speaking of Real Betis, they go away to Mallorca, win 1-0. Cadiz and Athletic Club draw 0-0. Pellegrino in his first match for Cadiz gets a point uh, against 5th place uh, Athletic Club. And Athletic Club definitely didn't want to be dropping those points, uh, especially with uh, Barcelona dropping points also this weekend. Um, they're trying to get into Champions League, and I see think that could happen for them as long as they're able to put together a couple of results and Barcelona continues to play the way that they're playing right now. Uh, that's it for last weekend. This upcoming weekend is going to be a big week for La Liga with midweek games uh, due to the Copa a couple weeks ago. They're making up those games. Uh, so that means games midweek for Real Madrid, Catafe, Barcelona, Osasuna, as well as... Atletico Madrid and Rayo Vallecano. It is now time for every better's favorite segment on that Tactics and Tapas podcast. It is your weekend parlay. Uh, just a little three-leg parlay for this upcoming weekend. I have Girona Moneyline versus Real Sociedad. Uh, that's at plus 110. Plus 220, I have Las Palmas Moneyline versus Granada. And then minus 110, Osasuna versus Barca. That's the midweek game, uh, plus one and a half. Uh, so I think the spread for that final game will be Osasuna won't lose more by more than two goals. If you add all those up, uh, it's plus one or 1,183 odds. Uh, good little parlay there for you. That seems pretty likely to me. Girona has been good all year. Rio Sociedad hasn't made a score as of late. As we covered, Las Palmas, uh, despite coming up from the Segunda this year, has been pretty good. Uh, Granada, on the other hand, has been pretty abysmal and pretty much have packed it in uh, for the second half of the season, already selling Brian Zaragoza to Bayern Munich. And it seems that they've given up on staying in the top flight this year. And then Barca just hasn't played well, of course. I've covered that enough in Osasuna. Um, are always a tough team to play uh, no matter at home or away. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Taxing Tapas. I've been your host, Lucas Garten. See you next week.